Morning. So how was Thanksgiving? Everybody get their fill of pie? Yeah? So what was the best pie? Who had, what was your favorite pie? Anybody have a favorite pie? Cheesecake? I don't know. Is cheesecake a pie? What? Anybody else? That is a good pie. Cobbler? Cobbler? Pecan cobbler? Wow. That sounds good. Cobbler is a kind of pie, isn't it? Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a difference. I had a uh, Kentucky Derby pie. Charlene made. It was something my mom came up with. It's my favorite. I don't know if I can say it in church, but it had, um, it's a pecan pie with chocolate and bourbon in it. It's really good. But, supposedly. Yes. Anyway, so Thanksgiving was good. Good time to gather with family. Right. Well, we have some things to talk about before we start the service. So Advent starts December 3rd. So this is the last week for our our, um, candle. I almost said calendar. Candle. I guess calendar, too. The new Advent calendar starts. And uh, it has made it. We weren't sure that it was going to, but it has made it. So new Advent starts next week. And uh, so that means that we need to decorate the church for Christmas. So we're going to, after lunch today, we're going to take down the uh, fall stuff and put up the Christmas decorations. So if you are able to stick around and help with that, then uh, that would be awesome. And um, we're actually talking about having pizza. So if you are able to stick around and help, would you just do a, raise your hand real quick so Sherry knows how much pizza to go get. <laughs> Steve, go raise some hands. <laughs> All right. You got your count? Okay. Oh, did I raise my hand? Okay. All right. There you go. Okay, so uh, last week we had our, <clears throat> excuse me, our annual meeting, and uh, we had a presentation of the finances, and uh, in case you missed it, here's a short version. Our expenses were around $10,000 each month, and the income met the expenses. GBC has designated accounts for upcoming expenses like insurance and repairs and missions. Um, that... Uh, designated, those designated accounts have around $18,000 in them. Sherry does a great job of anticipating those bills and puts money away in saving pockets. Savings pockets is what we call them uh, for when they are due. So uh, just so you know that there are mon- there is money in savings and that is about how much there is in savings. And uh, there, it's there for as we need it. So the ministry at this time is going to remain in this building, and uh, we're formulating new ideas of what 
God wants us to do with the building since he has us to stay here for now. Obviously, he wanted us to be aware of some new things, to, to be thinking about new things and to kind of bring that to our mind. And uh, so formulating new ideas. One of those is a GBC podcast. A dedicated podcast room is going to be set up on the second floor. We've already started ordering pieces for that. Um, <clears throat> the sermon already goes out as a podcast, just as it's recorded. And uh, But this will be something different. It's going to be an intentional podcast. It's going to be edited for time and content. It's going to be more of a training. Uh, we can do all kinds of content with it, but the idea would be have some specific content dedicated for spiritual training for people to listen to and to reach increase our reach of GBC and uh, the content that we all enjoy here and that um, encourages and builds us up. We'll be able to reach out to other people. The church's presence online is a way to help and stay in touch with our GBC folks who can't join in on Sundays. It's also an outreach to those who are seeking to know more and to grow in the Lord. So having the sermon and additional po- podcasts guided by the Holy Spirit can reach people around the world at any time. That's the cool thing about a podcast is we record it and we put it out there and then people can find it at any time, listen while they drive. They can find it five years from now and listen and it uh, doesn't matter. And it's not a sermon series. for So for some people who are curious about spiritual things or about that, they don't feel like they have to jump in on listen to a sermon. Um, it's a little, little lower entry point, I think, for some people. So, God has graciously supplied our needs personally and as a ministry. So we're thankful for uh, all of your generous financial support, and uh, we ask God to bless and prosper each of you. So as we roll into this next ministry year, we are looking forward to God to continue to guide and provide for all that he would have us to do. Your prayers and support are important as we do this together. So uh, that's just a kind of a review of the finances and of that meeting and some things that uh, uh, we wanted to make sure you knew about. And we're going to have a little time um, before the sermon later in the service this morning to share some God stories that we intended to have uh, at the annual meeting that we we just had so much to do and got so excited about that we skipped right over that. So hopefully you have some stories to share, maybe some ideas, and uh, so we can share those later. All right, let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for all that you do in our lives personally and as a group here at Grace Bible Church. And... Uh, I just am so thankful that we can look back over the last year, over the last 15 years, the last 40-some years, and see your hand at work here. And um, I just pray that you would continue to guide us, that we would continue to be obedient to your guidance and uh, be people who are uh, submitting ourselves to you and listening to your voice and uh, not doing things just because they're the way they've always been done, but um, actually trying to do things the way that you want them done. And they may look new and different and weird, but um, maybe not like a church. But we know that your Holy Spirit is um, 
creative, and we want to be creative uh, under your guidance. And so we just thank you for that and that you have done that here and that you're going to continue to do that. We thank you for your uh, provision that you have um, enabled us to be here uh, financially and um, health-wise. We know that there are health concerns. This morning I've heard several, and I just pray that uh, you would have your hand on all of those situations. Father, for those who are unable to join us in person, I just uh, pray that you would be with them as they watch from home or as they watch or listen in later. Lord, I pray that you would be with them. I thank you for uh, the message that has been prepared this morning, and I pray you would be with us as we listen and that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers as well of your word. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Above all
Someone called your name We turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend, you may not know me now And then he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school And I was only eight And every week you would say a prayer before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart
Ready? Okay. How about, where's the microphone? David's got one in his hand. So if you have a God story, hold up your hand and David will find you. All right. Okay, I've, I've written a book uh, called uh, Panic to Peace uh, with a subtitle 30 Days of Hope. I got my proof copy in, uh, well, it was delivered yesterday while, uh, before I got back from my, our Thanksgiving trip. Uh, this is the proof copy. Yay, here. it's really here. Yeah. So, um, All right. anyway, the conception of the book uh, followed one of Randy's sermons about using the gifts God gave us for his glory. I felt God's nudge at that time to do more with my writing. I wanted to obey God, so I took advantage of um, an ad about joining an online writing group. That particular group didn't work out, so I found a smaller, slower-paced online group and participated in some of their workshops. And at one of those workshops, I met Andrea Lindy, who offered to help me create a book from some of my blog posts. Um, I wrote down her phone number for possible future reference. Didn't think a lot about it. Uh, then one day in my prayer time, I talked with God again about writing a book. Uh, and I told him it was too big a job and too complicated and uh, uh, would take too much time. And how could I... That was something professional writers did, professional people did, not not some old lady who's easily discouraged. And uh, uh, that didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference. Uh, but uh, so he spoke to my heart and said, I'm not asking you to write a book today. I'm just telling you to take the first step. And so in obedience to God, I pulled out that phone number and called Andrea and I took the second step by compiling devotions um, from my blog about panic and depression. And uh, I balked again, saying that everybody writes about those things, and a lot of people write a lot better than I do. But um, both Randy and my writing coach encouraged me to keep on stepping toward the goal. So now the book's written. It will be available for purchase on Amazon probably December 5th so others can have the hope and help that God gave me during my panic and depression episodes. Um, obeying God is always good because God is always good. I wanted to add something that he did for me last night. Uh, that Okay, so I got the book, uh, the proof book. And um, you can see it, it's got a little bit of, of color uh, in it. And I got to worrying about uh, if it, having the color, that makes it more expensive than just doing the black and white or, or grayscale. And, and so I got to worrying that maybe people couldn't afford it and, and so it wouldn't get out to as many people as it needed to get out to. And so I uh, 
my my publishing coach had told me to to text her as soon as I got the book, the proof book copy, and and so I did. Uh, and so I mentioned about the maybe I should have made it black and white, and she said, well, it, we still could. She wanted me to have what I wanted, but uh, but I said, well, wouldn't that take more? Time and she said, "Yeah, and it'd take a little more money from me." But um, she said, "Why don't you pray about it and think about it overnight?" I said, "This is Saturday night," and, and so, so I did. And I was really surprised by the way God answered. I, I just think it's so neat how He answers us, <laughs> and uh, and because that um, during the night, uh, I don't know if I was half awake or entirely awake or what, but anyway, I thought of uh, what Pilate said when the the Jews wanted him to change king of the Jews over his, uh, on his cross to, he said he was king of the Jews, and um, Pilate said, I have written what I have written, and so that made it clear to me that the book needed to stay the way that I had uh, decided to do with the, with the color inside. Right, thank you. Got a God story. God's at work. Anybody? Thanks. Well, I was really ready and pumped last week, and then, um, but I'm, I'll still share the same thing. And it's a small thing, but it does have to do with prayer. Um, Randy, in some of his sermons and uh, devotionals, had encouraged us about prayer again recently, and I was just thinking about it with God and feeling a little bit discouraged, knowing that my prayer life is lacking and that um, it's minimal. And just a bit discouraged about that, but but thought, you know, I, I, it's never too late to make that maximal. So at any rate, um, but then, so this was last week, and then Saturday, so last Saturday, not yesterday, last Saturday morning, I got a text from one of our assistant principals, and she said, oh, I meant to see you Friday, and I never got to you, but remember you were praying for my grandfather, and here are the results. He had cancer, and she sent me the first PET scan, and then the second one, and it's almost all gone, but anyway, and she said, thank you so much for your prayers, and I just um, was thrilled. And I had prayed, not daily, but I had prayed for him, and then it, you know, I just kind of stopped. I don't know if you all ever do that, but I do, which I don't, I don't know why I do that. But I felt like it was also an encouragement from God to not be overly discouraged about my prayer life, but to keep at it. And I just thought, he's so cool about that, that he didn't make me feel worse about it. He made me feel better. And he encouraged me to keep praying, and so I just wanted to share that with you all, and maybe we'll all keep praying. Keep praying. Absolutely. I'm going to keep that going. Other prayers? God stories? Stuff you? Things going on? Things? No. All right. We will, uh, well, I'll share one. And this has to do with Earlier this year, I had like this brain bleed thing, which I don't remember. So that made me think, and it, you know, I'm thanking God that that there there were there was help available. There were crazy things that that happened to make uh, 
911 happen and assistance and medical professionals and my wife's right there at the time which was you know just the timing all of this came together in in a remarkable way I have no memory of those of the event or the things that followed or the hospital or it was later before things started coming but people are taking care of me so that's that's the thing so it's amazing that things can happen like that and we can be cared for just like I was in that situation and not recognize it not remember it not know you know I get bills I've seen the bills from from the doctor in the hospital I'm going I'm paying for something I never saw and that doesn't seem fair so what is it that God's doing just as he cares for all of us every day protecting us from things protecting us from a semi running over us or the gas leak in our house blowing us up or some disease that could befall us all of those things that he keeps us from every day and we don't even know it he's caring for us he holds us in his arms every day and we have no memory that he has done such wonderful things which is why it's great to go back to the psalms and uh, just repeat the prayers that were written there and to be reminded of you know that's this is god who who does take care of us who sees us in every situation who is lifting us up, wrapping, wrapping his arms around us, and keeping us from harm, even when we don't see it. That is a big uh, moment of gratitude. And, um, and I thank you, Lord. Thank you for Cass and my, my team. And uh, it turned out being a... Uh, well, I'm back. You remember I came in in a walker and and a cane and and uh, you know I'm running around doing doing stuff. Not a hundred percent because the balance thing is still weird, but so much better. So you know you hate to complain when it's it's kind of working. All right, put up the. Uh, we have another. So don't stop believing. God's still still doing great things, taking care of us when we see it and when we don't. He's looking out for us. So we wrap up this uh, thankfulness series today uh, with transformed thankfulness. That's our next uh, and last part because Advent starts next week. So we have a whole different thing going to uh, going to begin. And on the second Advent, second weekend of December, Hobit and Adria will be here, our missionaries in Honduras, so they'll be sharing and we'll catch up with them, so that'll be fun. And uh, then then we're into third Sunday with uh, December and the fourth Sunday, when we, when we get to that one. That is Christmas Eve. We have a service in the morning and Christmas Eve that night. So in case you haven't looked at the calendar, 
it's stacked. It's all in one day. Okay, transformed thankfulness. There is, uh, uh, let's look at, see that bird, or that bird, that um, flower? It's a bird of paradise. That's why it slipped out. (laughs) We had those in our yards when we lived in California, which was so cool. They were just there. That was our favorite. It was just neat to see. So I thought, ah, thankfulness, you know, the bird of paradise thing. I was kind of thankful for that. I put that up there. All right. That's really an aside. Okay. Superpower. Let's think about this. We've got all these uh, fictional superpower heroes that are uh, film, comic books. You know, they're, they're just a thing from a variety of different uh, uh Fiction houses, I guess, and so DC and Marvel have their own worlds and and uh, produce their own heroes, and so they they show up in different ways. I mixed them. That's what's up there. But there is a a number of things that are that happen with these superheroes. So there's strength, and you can kind of see that with the Superman and Captain Marvel. Knowledge of ancient mysteries. Uh, sometimes prophetic things of, of the future. Doctor Strange kind of hits on some of those things. Miracle worker with these things that they uh, unfold. Possessing immortality, world changer. Um, and you go, uh-oh, what's this one? Friend of God. Well, we got another superpower thing happening here. I just wanted you to be thinking, put that in your head, that there we have these images of what superpowers are or superheroes. Let's look at the next one. Because that's what we have in the Apostle Paul. There is strength. How can you travel like he did from place to place, thousands of miles? He's beaten, he's robbed. He's hungry, he's shipwrecked, stoned, not the good kind. He is beaten, whipped within an inch of his life over and over. That's strength, and he keeps on going. He just gets up and keeps on going. What would it take for the usual, typical Christian in America to become so discouraged, they would just bail. How much could they take? Just a long walk, being hungry, because, you know, we got hangry. We're not allowed to be hungry. They could be discouraged if somebody just looked at them wrong or said the wrong word, let alone beat them and beat them and then beat them some more. And they go, What is it that's happening here? Strength. Strength from Almighty God. Knowledge of ancient mysteries. Jesus met with them, but he was a trained theologian in Hebrew history, Hebrew thought, Hebrew scriptures, the ancient writings. He was familiar with the Greek history and writings that's he grew up in that and 
Then he has the whole Jewish background that is training him. He is uh, familiar with writing, and you see bits and pieces of it in his letters when we read the New Testament, where these things show up, and you say, wow, he was knowledgeable of those things. He knew lots of things. But Jesus met with him, and met with him when he first comes to the Lord, and we know that story in the book of Acts, but he's also trained by Jesus. So Jesus comes back, the resurrected Lord comes back and teaches Paul in a similar way as he had with Peter and John before the resurrection. So he's coming back. He spends time with him. He teaches him. He trains him. We get more of that information in Galatians and piecing it together in other places. But he is taught by the Lord, so he has information about ancient mysteries. And so he's able to put into these uh, books and the letters that we have in the scriptures what he knows about those things. So he's taught those people in these various churches that information. He's passed that along. Now he's writing. He summarizes it often. I wish we had a longer bit of that information. But he was taught those things. So he has knowledge of ancient mysteries. And then they, they peek, peek out from behind the curtain periodically, and we get to see them. Some prophetic things of the future. Uh, he's a miracle worker. And... He has a time when he, just a, a handkerchief that's been on him, he can pass that along to, to somebody. They can run it to a sick person, and they get well. He goes, not only just him being there or laying hands or praying for somebody, just that would do it. That's, that's pretty impressive. Miracle worker, possessing immortality. And you go, well, that can't be. Well, yeah, once we come to the Lord, we have eternity. We're everlasting people from that point on. He has that. He is so secure in that. He knows he's going to change bodies, and he tells about that in 1 Corinthians 15. That's what happens to us. But if he dies, he says, well, I'm trying to decide whether I should stay here or go be with the Lord, because to be with the Lord would be better. But to help you all out, I better stay here for a while. That's how he's dealing with that. He's not worried about, well, do I have it? Do I not? Is there more? Is there something after life? All settled, because he knows he is now an immortal. He has a place to go. He has a home. He has is the Lord the chance to be with the Lord. He is like, you know, I I just want to go there. All of that's happening. He's a world changer. He is presenting information that is will change the world for that individual or that that community, that church. He is passing on life transforming information and it's passed all the way down to us so it's still making a difference but in his day that information was just incredible they're changing from a system of gods in the greek system or the roman system it didn't matter which one of the he is like changing their lives by telling this is the one true god he is the most high he is the one who sits on the throne. And, and then to fill in, and Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. And you can know him. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to be with you now. You can experience 
that. And these people are going, whoa. So their lives are changed as they come into contact with Paul and he passes this information on with all these other things that, that are part of him. And he is sharing some incredible things that, that can rock their world. He's a world changer. He's a world changer if it's an individual, a family, a group, or globally. Christianity is the largest religion in the world. Did you know that? Because sometimes people get discouraged, go, man, all these other ones are just whooping us. Not even close. Not close. And growing exponentially. You go, well, not my town. Probably not. Around the world, people are going, that is the coolest thing ever. Why didn't you tell us before? And our group, think of your relatives, your friends, they yawn. They yawn. Sometimes we do. That, that is sad. Transformed thankfulness is a superpower. He is a friend of God. He's connected with Jesus. Jesus visits him. Jesus comes and teaches him. When he's discouraged, he shows up in Corinth. When he's about to have a shipwreck, he has he sends more. And he's got angels coming. He's got Jesus coming. He's got he's a friend of God. So this is an amazing person, but it's not limited to him, which is what he tells us in his writings. Not limited to him, because we can have that too. We can enjoy the same thing. So thankfulness, spiritual superpower. A state of being mature in Christ. A state of being mature in Christ, filled with the Spirit, understanding truth, grasping God's kingdom, excelling at love, practicing grace, and flowing in gratitude. That is a spiritual superpower. Being mature in Christ, got to have the information, the understanding, the relationship with the living God, and experience enough to become mature. Not a new believer, not just... Or a believer who... Maybe they've been a believer 20 years, but it's one year 20 times rather than actually growing over 20 years. That's a difference. Becoming mature in Christ, exercising what he said, using it, and becoming more and more uh, developed, deeper, expanding, understanding, filled with the Holy Spirit, Empowered by God himself, that, that's coming from heaven. That, that, that connection with God happens because we actually are open to him. We're receiving. We're humble. We're not telling him to get out of our lives or we don't believe him. We're just saying, come. We want to hold on to it. That's what Paul did. State of being mature in Christ, filled with the Spirit, understanding truth. The, the scriptures are truth. We've got what God has said about these things and about thankfulness, and then we can exercise it. He says, do it. Keep this in mind. Do it. And as soon as we hit a bump in the road, we ain't doing it. 
As soon as something turns sideways, doesn't meet our expectations, we're not doing it. This is about going. This is truth. He said, do this because it will make a difference in your life, the lives of the people around you, and to God's ultimate purposes. He's got more in store, more that he wants to work. So understanding truth, grasping God's kingdom, that there's something broader. It's not just about me and mine and my thing and my time and how I feel today. It's God's kingdom, which is broader, wider, extends into eternity. And he is at work, not only with human beings, but with the divine beings, those who have rebelled and those who are on his team. He is at work in a larger, huge realm that is far beyond whatever our thinking has narrowed it down to so you want to be a person of gratitude you need to grasp the kingdom that there's something going on that's bigger and that he's accomplishing something that you can't even see israel was attacked by hamas recently so you see that whole thing, you go, that's just, that is just, I, can't, I just can't even believe it. People have been praying for the Philistine, Palestinians who are in Gaza to come to the Lord, come to know Christ, and they have rejected, they have pushed back, they have ignored, there's all kinds of things, and then all of a sudden this war takes off. And now there are a flood of people coming to know Jesus. Jesus is showing up. He's just talking to the people. The resurrected Jesus from 2,000 years ago is showing up and talking to the people, and they are coming to Christ. Something changed. Well, that's just the worst thing ever. Do you know there were pockets in America that were supporting crushing Israel, the Jewish people, just crushing, just wiping them off the face of the earth, and promoting the other group, another group, Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, whichever kind of thing that, that you can imagine there are other groups and, and nations. But they just want to get rid of Israel. Did you know that was on college campuses until Hamas went in and raided and started killing people in Israel? All of a sudden they come up, they start showing up. Sometimes you need an illness, some kind of sickness or an accident that takes you to the hospital. They do a scan and they find out, you know what, this clot's just about to hit your heart. But fortunately, you showed up right here today, right now, and we can take that out and save your life. And what we would be complaining about is, well, I had this stupid accident or I caught this bug and I had to go into the hospital. Ever done that? You go, wow, he just saved my life with that horrible thing that I would like to complain about. And he's saying there's a bigger picture here. There's more going on than you know. I'm trying to work this thing in a direction that will change your life, the people around you, and the world and he's at work doing that all the time being mature in christ filled with the spirit understanding truth grasping god's kingdom excelling at love that takes some work because we want to go with the definition of love in our own heads which typically comes from 
They didn't love me. They didn't say that right to me. They didn't pat me on the head. They didn't. And God's saying, I don't think that's the one I meant for you to excel at. I have something else in mind. Like agape love, where you give, where you are concerned about the other person. You want to build them up in truth, in in my truth, and in God's kingdom. Build people up, get them into it, and then build them up. It's not all about how we feel in that moment and all about our kingdom. It's supposed to be his kingdom. So that that's how this works, how this thankfulness thing changes. Uh, practicing grace, which means forgiving. It means allowing people to make mistakes and not be perfect in our eyes because God's at work trying to get his perspective on what he's doing in the lives of, of people and us too. And, our, and, and knowing that he is loving us and, and giving us grace as well. And then flowing in gratitude. This isn't an effort. Well, I saw the verse that told me I'm supposed to be thankful in all things. You don't have to be told because you flow in gratitude. You don't have to have a verse on your refrigerator to tell you to say thanks. You don't have to grind it out and say, well, I can't give thanks for this. God doesn't know how horrible this situation is. Yes, he does. But when you're walking with him, the superpower is it flows. It just flows from the person who is walking with God, who is grasping who he is and walking with him in in total commitment. Does that mean there's never anything bad, nothing goes sideways? Of course not. We live in a broken world. We're broken. It's all around us. If you read through the Psalms, you will come across different Psalms that will deal with lament. They will hit something that will, that will be complaining. You've probably read those because there are a lot of them. And the people are recording hard times. I'm going to read you some. Not some of the Psalms, just a portion of one of them. So this is from Psalm 4. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. See, we're already starting out. You've got to get me out of this. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? Anybody have anybody just comes down on you, says bad things about you? you got, yeah. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face shine or smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. See the change? He's lamenting. He's saying, I've got troubles. These people are saying bad things about me. Stop it. Would you stop it? And if you've been dealing with a chronic illness, back pain, just problems in relationships and and struggles, and you go, oh, Lord, just feel free to tell him. But as the psalmist, and as when you read these psalms, you will find that they take a turn. 
you, he's talking to the Lord, have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. There's the change. He doesn't end up whining, complaining. Well, I can't go to church there anymore. No more of this stuff. I can't talk to them people. You know those people. You've probably been them at some point. And you go, no. He turns. You've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine and peace. I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. That's Psalm 4. It's a lament. There's a complaint. But you see where it wound up? It always comes back to him. You can flow in gratitude and have lament. Because there's stuff in this world that just is, it just sucks. It's just hard. It's tough. War is not good. God may bring good out of it. And someday that stuff will end. But it's still around us. We can lament. We can take those things to the Lord legitimately. But if we don't come back to him, if we don't recognize his, what his work is in the kingdom, we get stuck. And then we're on a hamster wheel. We just go round and round and round on that stuff unnecessarily. This is about flowing in gratitude. It goes a whole different direction. Over in 1 Timothy. So I want to pick up on Paul because he is... He's the one who suffered. He's the one with the superpower that we're going to follow. He's the one who has been beaten. He's the one who has been hungry. He's the one who has been thrown in jail. He has been uh, accused. He's been beat up on. And none of us can come up with better horrible stories in our lives than what he's gone through. So how does he handle this stuff? What is his approach to these things? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, uh, he says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Verse 7 and 8, After all, We brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. The contentment ties to gratitude, to thankfulness. If we're always desiring something else, always pushing the Lord to fix it, to to turn this thing upside down, to, to give me more, make me chief of whatever, but always ambitious for our thing, for our kingdom, and we miss it. He's saying, just be content with this this very simple, whatever it is that God has brought your way. Does he mean never achieve, never push? No, he's not talking about that. There's plenty of room for all those things too. He's just saying, in us. If we get those other things, remember Philippians, he says, I've had all that, and then I've had none of it, and I'm grateful either way. I've learned how to be happy in both. doesn't matter. That's flowing in gratitude. So here he is writing to Timothy, and he's telling him this is contentment. 
You can be beaten and be content. You can be stuck in the ocean for a day and a half after a shipwreck and be content. I don't think so. This is the guy. This is the guy who did it. And he's saying this is how this works. He's giving us a heads up, which is really helpful to know that. If you are looking at scriptures and you're in 1 Timothy 6, you are really close to 2 Timothy 1. Turn that page and you will find chapter 1, verse 7, which says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What were those superpower things that I just read off earlier? These are things God provides. Who does he provide it for? His people. The people who are stubborn and arrogant and don't listen to him or the people who are willing to be filled with the Spirit to be obedient, to learn his truth, to want to bring his kingdom into this world. Which do you think? The ones who are stubborn... Arrogant, or those who actually listen, seek, and are listening to him. It changes everything. That power is available. It will alter life. He is saying this is available for us. He's given us this so we can have life in a way that no one else on this planet can experience it. Because he is bringing us the power from heaven that he wants us to have so that we can live out life to the fullest here with the greatest joy. He wants to bring that into our, into our existence. When you read through 1 Timothy, let me just take you back for... Uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He's just giving thanks. It's just a natural, it's just an outflow. He thanks the people uh, when he writes to the Thessalonians that they listened to him and took his word as truth because to them, hearing what he had to say about Jesus the one true God. I mean, these are people who went a totally different... These aren't just people who grew up Baptist. They never heard of this before. This is radical. This is one God, not many gods. They're not being influenced by the demonic and everything else that's, that's around them, which is what they've lived with all their lives. They are hearing this, and they go, that is it. That is the truth. They grabbed onto it, and they said, we want that. And he says, I, I'm just thanking God that you listened to me, you listened to the truth, and you took hold of it like it was the word of God. They recognized what that was. They took it, they ran with it. He's thankful for them. He's thankful that they have now received new life in Christ, that they have a future in heaven. He has, he repeats that gratitude about the people when you just go through his letters. Again, this is the guy who's beaten up, who's been whipped, who's been left hungry, who's been cold, who has been left in the sea after shipwrecks, three of them at least we know about. And uh, he can say, thank God. He can say thank God about all of it, about his life, about the suffering, about the people he's willing to let 
the, the, the bleeding back uh, lead him to another group of people that he can tell about Jesus because there's nothing that comes close. He has gratitude. It's not about his expectations that he wants greater comfort. That's our typical way to go, isn't it? If it fits my expectations and it goes the way I want it to go, then I can thank God. What if it doesn't? I'm not sure he signed up for shipwrecks and being beaten. It didn't go his way. And he gives thanks to God. And people are coming to know him over and over and over again. It's flowing from him. That flowing. And and just keep that in your head when you read through some of these New Testament books, some of the things he's written. And you'll see it just displayed on the pages over and over again. It's just flowing from him. I'm telling you about the flowing because this is our final installment on this. This is transformed thankfulness. We may not start out there. There's a, there's a whole spectrum. So you can just get on the bandwagon by just saying, yeah, I'm going to practice being thankful. I'm going to be grateful today. If you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and somebody says, what are you thankful for? Have something. If somebody says, so what's God done in your life? If he's done nothing, let him know that. Don't lie. If he's done something, ought you not say it? Every time you say that, every time you give thanks, you are defeating the evil ones who are hanging around. Every time. You want to promote their agenda, stay silent. Just complain regularly and stay silent about the things that God has done and let them win. If you want to see victory in your own life, you want to see them defeated, give God the glory. Give him thanks. We can start at one end of the spectrum just by going, I'm supposed to give thanks. That's what the scripture said. I'm just going to try that. I'm going to try to think more in terms of God's kingdom instead of mine. I'm going to uh, not make everything about me and how I feel. I'm going to go a different direction here. So we kind of mix, we kind of mix it up in, in the way that we handle those things. We're going to just go a different, uh, a different way. The other end of that spectrum is being transformed so that it's flowing like Paul is showing us, but we've got we to know Christ. We've got to uh, desire God's kingdom more than our own. doesn't matter what horrible things have happened in our lives. We keep that in front of us. Does he know that we're going through tough times? Yeah, they're the psalms of lament. We know he understands that. And it's okay to say, I'm just tired of this. Can you change this? Yep. We're not going to be just claiming that we get uh, good stuff and it's all comfortable and roses from here on. That's heaven. That's later. For here, we're going to give him thanks for the things he's providing. We're going to be people of uh, the kingdom because we are people of the king. We come from a whole different, whole different direction. So the purpose, this is First Timothy 1.5, the purpose of my instruction, Paul says, is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. He's, he wants to pass 
that along. So people that are filled with love and they have a pure heart and a clear conscience are not complaining, they're not angry, they're not unforgiving, they're not bitter, they're not ripping each other's heads off, eviscerating each other with their words. This is uh, living in a broken world, being made new in Christ, so that what flows out of us is so diametrically opposed to everything that the evil one would bring that we bring light to everyone around us. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Different way of approaching it. So thankfulness, transformation, gaining superpowers, gaining superpowers. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Who belong to Christ Jesus. There's the this is the will of God for you. So if you're wondering, you notice it doesn't say complaining or meeting your expectations is God's will for you. Be thankful in all circumstances. You mean even the bad ones? Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, he's giving that to them in 1 Thessalonians. So they've only been believers a few weeks. This is a, an entry point. They've only known Jesus a few weeks when he writes this letter to them. These are not mature believers. This is not way down the road. This is where you start. You give thanks. Then, through maturity through learning the broader uh, theology, the deeper things of God, practicing, being filled with the Holy Spirit, exercising those realities, being obedient to Him, then that thankfulness, that gratitude begins to flow. And it comes from uh, the heart. It becomes who we are. It's not manufactured. It's not, well, I'm trying to be obedient. This is trying to be obedient. That's where we got to start because we've got to overcome our hesitancy to giving him thanks. And everybody's got it. Everybody would rather complain. It's easier. Until it's not. And then it flows. That's what happened with Paul. And it can happen for you. Because that's what he desires. He wants us to be walking with him transformed by thankfulness in thankfulness with thankfulness our father in heaven we thank you we thank you for the goodness that you've shown us the grace that has been extended to us thank you for jesus his sacrifice his willingness to come and walk among us and he thanked you for us unbelievable Thank you for the Holy Spirit who comes and gives us power, can help us to walk in gratitude, to overcome the tendency towards arrogance and selfishness and, and blindness to the very things that you're doing. We don't want to miss those things. 
Lord, we want to know your arms are wrapped around us, that you've protected us, that you are caring for us, that you've fed us, that you give us another breath. You kept our hearts beating. Thank you, Lord, that you are at work in ways that we don't always see, but you are there for us nonetheless. Lord, I pray that we would go from one end of the spectrum to the other, transformed in thankfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Amen.